What's up, everything? The St. Louis Blues season has come to an end, and for only the second time since we started this podcast nearly six years ago, we have no playoffs to cover. 82 games have come and gone, and many memories were made. We laughed, we cried, we mostly cried, but we learned a lot about what the Blues were and what they were not. Now, as we look ahead to a rebuild, a retool, a re-whatever, there are many questions for the Blues to answer. At the end of the season, and clearly at the end of his own rope, Blues general manager Doug Armstrong lit up social media with a bevy of strange quotes at his year-end presser yesterday. We'll dissect them all with the precision of a Jacob Vrana wrist shot. Then we'll discuss the big moves from Black Friday in the NHL. The Penguins fired everyone in their front office, but they did get a great doorbuster deal on a PlayStation Vita at Circuit City. And finally, with the playoffs just over 24 hours away, we'll preview every single matchup in the tier list to end all tier lists, except for all the other tier lists we'll do in the future. It's a lot to cover, and this has already been the longest intro ever, so let's get started, and let's go to work. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Sunday, April sixteenth, and we are reunited, and it feels so good. Ian has taken his trip to the Orient, or so we would. Leave <laughs> I don't you think to you can believe. say that. I don't think you can say that. I don't know why Orient is bad, but yeah, but I know it bad. is. It's bad. Yeah. Um. So sorry to. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I almost said sorry to all those Orientals who bought that <laughs> as a joke, but I couldn't even get it out. But I guess I still did. Well, you did so. say it. Yeah, that's true. So you know, points for effort. But Ian was, uh, Ian was, was he left? He left to go to Japan, and that mm. is where he will pick up the story. Ian, how did the rest of your journey fare? Um, not great. Not, not to say to say the least. Um. This is no knock on Japan, but Japan requires that you have a COVID booster, which me and my wife, neither of us had. And when we just showed up at, to the American Airlines desk and they were like, well, first they were like, "Where? let's see those COVID cards. And it was like, oh, I didn't think we needed these things anymore. So I'm scrolling <laughs> through my phone. Thankfully, there's no one really in line. It's like five in the morning or whatever. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Let's get this COVID card. Can't find it because I know I fucking deleted it from my phone because I was like, who needs this anymore? Uh-huh. When I was like getting rid of photos, um, apparently you do. So my my sweet mother who had dropped us off at the airport, I called her and I was like, get to our house, open the door, take a photo of our COVID cards <laughs> and send them to me now. Um, to which she did. And then we presented it to our the person behind the desk and they were like oh thanks and they're like oh you do you have a do you have boosters or just these just the regular two shots and it's like oh yeah just these and they're like oh you need a booster to go to japan that's like say what now um so that's so that's the truth that's you know it's one of those weird things where you're kind of thinking you know like in the back of your head that if you are shocked and they're shocked across the desk that you're shocked that they'll be like ah Ah, fuck it just get on the plane mm-hmm. you know sort of thing I've, i know that's not going to happen so then when it doesn't happen you're kind of like oh so you really are just going to be like no <laughs> no checking in bye <laughs> your trip's done your trip stops right here 
Uh, this lady was you nice. You think enough. they could have like a little tent in the airport? For yeah, yeah. Well, so that's the thing is like because it was so early. Um, if this had been maybe like a ten o'clock flight or something like that, there was time with our layovers and all that where they could have. I think we had basically got a two-hour window where we could like get the booster, come back, and they could like get us new flights that would get us to San Francisco and get us on the same flight to Japan. But it was like five in the morning and every place is closed. <laughs> and we were like, uh, Walgreens open at like eight, maybe. And then even then their pharmacy is like nine or something. So mm-hmm. we ended up getting boosters later in the day and we were going to like try and redo flights basically and have like go a day later. But it was just going to cost us like too much money and it was like too much, too many issues. So we were like, all right, F it. We're going to cancel all of our hotels and all of our stuff, which we got refunds for and everything, um, which was nice. So we're like, we'll just do this at another time. Um, Props to my wife. We handled this like champs because this could have been, this could have been terrible. And we were just like, well, like this is our fault because <laughs> <So, laughs> we looked it up and we're like oh yeah there it is i don't know we we were even discussing like we got to bring masks remember because they're gonna want us to wear masks and stuff so like that's in our head uh-huh. like somewhere in there but not enough steps to be like oh do they need like more than this do they need something else blah 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 so so there you go so took the additional two days off of work because i was like i'm not going back i'm gonna be too angry <laughs> you're like sorry about your trip I was, shut the fuck up <laughs> i was curious how that worked out <laughs> you just show up later the same day you were supposed to leave and you're like i'm here now <laughs> uh, I, I mean i worked all last week uh because i was like well i'll just save that pto then um but yeah so there so there you go that's you know my whirlwind trip to japan was 200 feet and terminal <laughs> one <laughs> back out the door. Um, good times. Oh, beautiful. Well, I'm sorry that it fell apart, but I'm glad you'll have the opportunity again. I'm glad everything got refunded. You know, that's everyone, everyone can laugh at my pain. It's okay. Be, you know, feel that secondary embarrassment. Believe me, we are. I wouldn't have ever thought to look. I wouldn't have ever thought to look. And I'm an anxious person. And I would never have been like, do I need a booster? I don't probably need a booster, right? That'd be I'm like, this is over. Guess what, though? <laughs> Guess what? Uh, to add to it, they, they're dropping that shit uh, in like two weeks. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> they're well, like, ah, we're classifying this as the flu now. So you know what? No need for that. <laughs> Naturally. Way to, go, way to go, Japan. Thank you. Um, it's funny because when I went to Hawaii one time, I won't tell you why. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, when I went to Hawaii for your wedding, that was, I mean, when we all went to, you were also there. Yeah. But uh, that was also like, you needed all the Vax passport and like the card oh, and everything. Yeah. And that was like two weeks before they stopped all that too, you know? And oh, so yeah. that was, I remember that being like, well, I have it and it's fine. And I did it, but like. It was oh, yeah, weird it's... because the world was open and Hawaii was a little closed. And then I was worried that I'd need my past, like the card everywhere I went, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were kind of felt like they definitely were doing that for a while. Like when we went to go look at venues there, that would have been 2020, oh boy, 2021, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah they were done they were like super hardcore about all that stuff and it took us a long time just to get out of the airport because they like checked you for a bunch of different things but also when you tried to book a, a flight to hawaii it would like basically give you a billion warnings like by yeah. the way here's all the shit you gotta do i remember that yeah so like part of me was a little annoyed where i was like hey if i'm booking a flight to japan they're like i eh, don't tell them though <laughs> get that on the dl i'm like uh i'm glad they told us there because part of me I mean, I'm, it's a good whatever practice. Oh, God, if they told you in San Francisco. Yeah, you're in San Francisco. They're like, oh, if you want to go to Japan, you got to get boosted. Sorry, bro. I'm like, oh, what are you, I'm dying here. I hate San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that would suck, but I would definitely take like two days in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, no, I'd be like, well, I guess this is our trip now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got Japanese food here. <laughs> that's right. This is as that's, close as you can get in America. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh unbelievable a crazy story a whirlwind <laughs> incredible my apologies to you and the missus but you know worth it for the worth it for the lulls that's say. right that's what i said that's why i told the american you... desk lady for the lulls <laughs> she said i got you bro <laughs> you are and i'm pretty confident in saying this the last human being who will suffer a negative effect from the covid pandemic so that's right. You know, it's pretty crazy, but here we are. You're at home coughing up along, you're cured. You're That's welcome. Right. That's right. And speaking of pandemics, the St. Louis Blues <laughs> season. <laughs> uh, mercifully ended. Oh, my God. I um, I recorded an intro for this podcast, Ian, that was over a minute long. People have already heard it, so I'm not spoiling anything. But uh, you'll have to go back and listen to it because you weren't privy to it. But just the pain of this season it feels like it feels really like it was short like it was really short I don't know why but it feels mm. like I guess because I I'm, I'll be honest I didn't watch as much hockey as I'd like to because it was painful and right. enjoyable um and it's an hour later here and all that stuff you know like I don't know it was just not a fun season and I'm glad it's over but uh, what what are your what are your chief takeaways? What are your what are your thoughts before we get into Doug Armstrong's public mental breakdown? What are your thoughts? Uh, it was it was a season. I'm with you. It was fast because I was the same. Where I definitely watched a lot more like highlight packages this year than I have in previous years because I wasn't watching. If it was a late game, I was like, F that. <laughs> I'm not watching this. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying up till nine thirty to watch them like tie the san jose late or whatever mm-hmm. um it was it was a tough season this is probably the toughest season as a fan we've had to go through like since probably like 16 17 mm-hmm. when they were like right after that run to the third round and Bacchus left and brower left and fabry tore his acl for the first time and like it was just like the Perron was on his second stint here, but he wasn't upgraded Perron yet. And you're just kind of like, mm. like this is not all that exciting. That was like before they even got Braden Shen. Mm-hmm. Like this was like pre coked out or maybe currently, but had not been found out coked out. Uh, Yori Laterra. Like, <laughs> like, this was, that was a team. Um, and that was like a really rough one. And that would have been the year before we started doing any podcasting. So yeah, like while we've been podcasting, this has definitely been the roughest season, even including 17, 18, when they 
just missed the playoffs too. Um, I'm with that in mind. I'm kind of hoping that they turn around quick and they're a lot more fun next year because that didn't happen the year after. Granted, 1819 started rough, but you know, obviously ended really great. So I'm kind of hoping that we're not going to have to see this exact same sort of performance next year. Um, but it's it's a hard sell because it doesn't sound like, and we'll get to it, like there's going to be that much change really like in terms of who's on this team right now compared to next year i'm sure doug's gonna do something wacky because i feel like he always does i feel like he's not just going to bring back the exact same team but andy's losing his marbles so yeah he yeah he's, gonna do. <laughs> he's gone extra wacky but in terms of just this season yeah like i think Armstrong did a great job at the deadline. I think that's honestly the highlight of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just that like he managed to maximize his assets and get a lot in return. And that's the most promising thing about this year. And even those two pickups like in uh, Kapanen and Brana, those are. And Sammy Blay. Oh, and Sammy Blay. Lest we not forget Sammy Blay part two. Um, it, they're, it's interesting. Like they made it interesting down the stretch. Unfortunately, it's interesting. The ghosts. <laughs> they like they played themselves almost out of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I the last like two weeks of the season, I was paying attention to lots of teams that weren't the Blues because I'm like, come on, Detroit win, and uh-huh. they just get freaking blitzed. I'm like, I hate this team so much. <laughs> you can't even help us a little bit. At least freaking Vancouver, I owe it to them because they passed us in the last game of the season. I'm like, oh, thank you. At least we're not the worst The worst odds for Bedard. We got 0.5 more percentage points or whatever towards yeah. him. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a season where I was just more excited for who they were trading and what they were getting and what they're going to do this summer than anything that was going on um, on the ice because it just... I don't know. You could read people like, um, I guess, Timmerman or or whoever they got over there now. Jim Thomas is retiring. Any of these, Jeremy Rutherford, Luke Korak, like it's just a lot of like reaching for like good points about this season. They're like, Jacob Rana can score. And you're like, okay, that's good. And they're like, the defense wasn't quite as bad as they were at the beginning of the season you're like wow mm-hmm. that's, that's point number two about like <laughs> what the season meant to the fans um the defense showed marginal improvement from the worst defense in america yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much like oh i gotta find these this team and i know they did a little bit better um at the end of the season and all that this don't team, give them an out yeah well that's what i was gonna say this team was trash because i was looking at this earlier um our this is just five five on five our like goals against five on five we were 25th our expected goals for on the entire season five on five we were what is this we were 27th our expected goals against five on five put this that way we were 29th like (laughs) like not good our save percentage on the year put us down at are we higher are we lower where are we at 
20th. So like not the worst, but bottom third. Our sh- our shooting percentage, this team was bad. This team was mm-hmm. no good. And our <laughs> shooting percentage was third in the league at five on five. Nine, 9.6%, which is now, actually... The positive you could take from that if you were looking for positives, yeah. which I'm not really, but if you were... <laughs> It was also high last year, and if mm. it's high like two years in a row, you could just argue that that's a systemic thing where we actually have a high shooting percentage, right. and it's not just that a fluke. Because that was one of our big concerns coming into the year, and I think it was borne out somewhat. But like special teams and 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 um, just scoring in general, we had the twenty, the nine twenty goal scores last year, which feels like an eon ago, right? And um, you know, we talked about coming into the year, the shooting percentage that was guaranteed to go down pretty much. Well, it did, obviously, but it didn't go down so much, you know, that it, it I don't know. Um, there's a positive there in the sense that maybe systemically we just are a high shooting percentage team and that's not a concern we have to have. Right. We are, we were 10, 10.42% for shooting percentage last year, which was first in the league. That was five on five. Then I think all strengths, we were like, the highest and it was like some record it was like 12.4 percent which supposedly was like some some amount of like just really really i think it was i'd want to say it was a league record Mm -hmm. um at least in the like cap era so yeah i mean that is a good point they could just be we could just have really lethal shooters and i think with Kairou and with bushnevich and now with rana there's players on this team that score really well and like have really great shots so it's possible but i guess my point is too is they like their shooting percentage is great and yet i think our our expected goals are still like fairly low because it's like uh we're not we're not shooting from like great areas because i believe too our high danger chances for the season i'm back in 2023 is freaking 29th in the league so like yeah. we're not we're just shooting from the outside we're not getting in like our shooting percentage is what's saving us which is great um but everything else is just it's it's not good like i think you can sort of forget some of that towards the end of the season because of how this team looked um you know in the last like 20 or so games they looked a little better compared to the rest of the season but all in all it just obviously it wasn't enough to get in the playoffs and I just don't know that it's enough for me to be excited if this was the same team that were to you know come back next year uh but I don't know it's I'm, I'm glad it's over because I think I'm super excited about the summer like I'm excited that we're 10th you know we're drafting 10th most likely that there's even a chance on May 8th that we can like hold our breath as they like turn the card over to see if we get moved up to first or second like I forget what it is. I think this is how their percentages work. We have like a 7% chance in total of moving to first or second. So like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be really neat. And then I'm interested to see what they do with this team, because despite all the things that army says, and despite the fact that we have some immovable defensive contracts and all that, I still think he's going to be anxious to like try and do something. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's probably more willing to have the forwards stay the same. Be like, eh, they're going to get older. We're going to see who meshes with who. We've got some expiring contracts for the, the next summer. We'll just keep that the same. But I think 
looking at that defensive core, if there's anything you can do, you got to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you just so, have to. Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is if he comes in next season without substantial changes, it's just proof that he doesn't expect to compete, which, I mean, he said as much. He said in, in the trade deadline con- uh, conference, I think it was then that like this isn't going to be a one-year process. He doesn't expect to be Stanley Cup competitive next season, mm-hmm. you know, but um, that doesn't mean most people won't take that to mean that he's just like done trying, you know, and um, I don't think it does mean that, but it'll be interesting to see if he's trying to, you know, build a team that actually can be at least playoff competitive, or if he's willing to take that longer term approach and see if guys, you know, rebound, see who he can get rid of, see what moves can be made, et cetera. But I mean, if he can't get rid of any of those, and we've said this plenty of times, so we don't need to belabor the point, but if he can't get rid of any of those big three defenseman contracts, then there's not a lot of hope for this team regardless, because it's not just, I mean, that's the double whammy of paying those guys too much for too long, but also the big three pieces of your defense are bad. Like it's, you you can't just bring guys in because there's already spots filled, you know? So like, and Barubi's not going to, you know, be the guy, I don't think, that's going to say, all right, Colton, well, you're playing 16 minutes now because, mm-hmm. you, you know, we got Jacob Slavin or whoever, you know, because he's better than you. Like, So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting. We need to dive into these Army quotes because they are wild. Oh, yeah. Before um, that, I was going to say they canned um, Van Ryan and mm-hmm. McTavish. I think well, that's the best you, thing you can do right yeah yeah right like, i mean mctavish i don't i don't know I, you know it's hard to it's hard to see how well that um jim montgomery has done mm-hmm. and and you know look at mctavish and not be pretty disappointed but at the same time like you know i don't know how much it's his fault but van ryan you got to do something to change the defense. And I'm not saying it's his fault necessarily, but like you have to be able to work with what you have there. And he wasn't really. So, you know, it was time, I think. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's a microcosm of what happens on a much larger scale when it's like, you have a bunch of players that you traded for and they're all in long contracts and your team sucks. It's like, well, I got to get rid of the coach then because I can't get rid of all these players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty much that just on the defensive level. It's like, well, they can't move those contracts. So got to try something different. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate them going out and doing that. I think it speaks a lot to their confidence in Baruby, though, that he's still around. I mean, you know, you kind of gut his coaching staff. It's pretty much just him and Ott. And then I forget who our, our goalie coach and our like video coach are like, they're all the same, but I you, you, you have to think is probably a candidate for some head coaching jobs somewhere, you know. I do wonder sometimes. Or maybe maybe AHL jobs. I, he was interviewed, I'm pretty sure, by a team or two last year. Right. Maybe I do wonder if he's it. kind of a quote unquote. And, and Don't say never, it. Don't you say it. They'll never say it. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, if, you know, maybe he's just a coach and he's waiting. Yeah. <laughs> For what um, we'll never tell you. Yeah, maybe he's just biding his time. Um, I, I don't know that I would necessarily want that. I don't really know what a Steve Ott head coaching 
thing looks like. Yeah, he definitely seems like the coach that's like the nice guy, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I know Ruby's busting your nuts, but maybe just shoot a little more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know I'm, how he'd be as a head I'm, coach. I'm NHL face-off super super sucks <laughs> to be Yeah, look it up. <laughs> okay, you're gonna to go back a couple of years. You're gonna head to the drop down, you're gonna top yeah. the drop down, you're gonna to go to like 0809. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they they do behind the bench. Um, it makes it sound from these army quotes that we can get to now that they're probably gonna look for someone who can relate to players today. Um yeah, because that seems perhaps... to, that seems to be an issue, apparently. But yeah, I, I just good good job by them a good first step in the off season true i agree that needed to be done so let's talk about these armstrong quotes which are positively unhinged and we aren't going <laughs> through these in any particular order other than the reverse order that jeremy rutherford tweeted them out in or whoever else i found them from um but work, here's, here's army on the blues cap situation and free agency this is just ridiculous. What I'm about to read, folks, strap in because this is preposterous. He can contr- contradicts himself like eight times. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's a crazy, <laughs> it's some crazy quotes. We're not going to a major. We're not going to a major player in free agency unless things change. And if things change, that means cap space is open. So as of today, no, we're not going to be a major player. Now stay tuned. <laughs> Like, so I also like, I'm just like, we don't have cap space. So no, but if we do have yeah. cap space, then yes. Will and we I have cap know. space? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. And who's he going after? I mean, it's Ryan O'Reilly, right? Which maybe on the other quotes we could talk about, but right. um, what a, what a, what a quote. What a, I just love this whole conference, really. I know we're joking about it, but it really just seems like, that kind of um, unhinged, just raw and honest army that we get mm-hmm. occasionally. That's just like, what do you expect me to do? F- fix this fucking team? That's <laughs> not my job. You know? I was like, when he's like, like, yeah, this is my fault, but they're not firing me. So yeah, I don't know. I'm still fucking here. So uh, I asked, honestly, I told, I told, uh, what's our Tom Stillman that my job should be in question, <laughs> <laughs> but he wouldn't listen to me. Um, he went on to say, or said previously, uh, <laughs> army on roster reconstruction. Are fans saying move core players? I'm not guaranteeing that's not going to happen, but not a lot of core players move in the NHL. When they have, we've been part of them. We've moved core players and brought core players in. But to think there's a, just a hockey store I'm going to go to and say, I'm going to grab one of these and I'll put this back on the shelf. I'm done with that. It doesn't work that way. We are going to be active to see if we can improve our team. <laughs> <laughs> who was suggesting that's how it worked, Doug? Oh, yeah. I th- who was it? Frank Cervalli, he said when they were talking about like Arm- Tarasenko or O'Reilly and their rumors about where they're moving to in a video, I think he was serious he said he knows doug armstrong has a burner and i believe that like oh, i believe yeah. he, he has a burner for sure because he and reads it's called the, the drop hockey podcast 
You said me and my team at the Draft Hockey Podcast. I feel like, I mean, so yes, he definitely has a burner, and that's fine. You should have a burner. Yeah, Honestly, but is he like, should... is he reading these unhinged Twitter no, people? But that's he's what like, I'm listen, thinking, like, listen to me. That's what. That's what. That's exactly what I was gonna say. This is, sounds like the talk of a dude who said, who saw a tweet that said, you know, we should just trade Colton Pareko for Victor Hedman, and he and and reacted like, someone thinks that's possible. That's insane. <laughs> you know, like I can't just go to the Victor Hedman store and return Colton Pareko for store credit and buy Victor Hedman. That's not how it works. You know, it's just. <laughs> positively <laughs> absurd i like how he, he pulls it back at the very end and he's like we are going to be active and see if we can yeah. improve the team <laughs> <laughs> he was like you know what i gotta pull it back in you know give him a canned remark at the end that's right well you know he's still a hockey man he's still mm. a certified hockey man uh on the blues draft plans with three first round draft picks Pick number 10, or however the lottery falls, I find it hard to believe that you're not going to see me walk up to the stage in Nashville and give a guy a jersey. But the ones after that, they're up for debate. If we can find players that can fit into that age group to grow with, age 26 to 27, at least three years of term, a vision where you're part of today plus tomorrow, that's the fun part of having the extra picks. There's so many things now that we get to do. So that's not all that revelatory. He yeah. said some more things in the past, but um, yeah, I mean, what what's your vibe? What do you think? How many of those picks do you think we use to draft players? Um, I'd say two. I definitely don't think he's moving that first one for sure. Like, unless it's some sort of like, you want Malkin? Here you go. You know, I don't know, something crazy. But yeah. it seems like because oh, we're Malkin, kind of... Malkin's old, but... Oh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't do that for him. <laughs> a young, who's a young Evgeny Malkin? Jason Roberts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they want the 10th overall for Jason Roberts and straight up, I guess we'll do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he's using that one for sure. I could definitely see those later ones, like, I think he, he says somewhere in here about, like, using them to move up. And I was like, wow, that's kind of surprising because I definitely would have thought he'd be either, like, be trying to get a player with it or essentially move back and be like, oh, give me two seconds. I don't think we have a second at all this year. So, like, not that you need to have them, but maybe at 27 or wherever, you know, we draft last in the first round. He's like, hey, I don't really give a shit, you know, let's mm-hmm. go back. I could see something like that. But, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be hanging on to two of them. I don't know. If he gets crazy, I guess he could move the last two. But it'll be interesting to see because I'm glad to hear that he's – not going to do anything with that first one because drafting top 10 like the last time they drafted even close to that was 08 with Petrangelo I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I don't know they did anything in 09 and I know since then the closest has been Schwartz at 14 and Tarasenko at 16 so having a having a top 10 pick this is like when someone's the top 11 restaurants in St. Louis (laughs) you're the 11th this is the top 10 pick it's number 10 um It'd be nice to actually use that and have a bona fide like star, maybe you know, in the mm-hmm. pipeline. Someone that actually shoots the top of the uh, prospect pyramid, perhaps. Um, wow, prospect so, pyramid's actually going to be fun this year. That's wow. right. And some of us freaking scraping at stuff and being like, I guess Jake Neighbors is tier two. Oh. Wrong. It's tier three at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at best. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, though. Hey, Zach Dean looks good. I forgot we even had that guy from the barbershop trade. I was like, oh, Zachary Bolduc look looks good? good. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Nice. We got How some do pieces. Feel, do we feel like Snubber gets another year in college? He probably does, right? Oh, yeah. I think he, I, I don't even know if it's been confirmed, but I'm pretty sure he's going to. Well, he can suck a dick. <laughs> I think, I think someone, asked, oh, maybe it was someone asked Jeremy Rutherford in his like mailbag on the athletic. And I think he uh-huh. talked to like uh, Tim Taylor, whoever we have is like the, the, Head of, man Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Ow. Um, <laughs> and I think you said that Snuggard was going back because I forgot this was like his freshman year in college. And uh-huh. it, I think the big thing to a Snuggard will be to see how he does this without year without Fantilli or Cooley or whatever. Yeah. Or Nyes. Oh, like. yeah. Sorry. I think it's Cooley and Nyes. But oh, yeah. Fantilli, Michigan. Yeah. They're the same. Minnesota, Michigan are literally the same. That's fine. That's right. Um, yeah, I'll be he'll Minnesota be like the Vikings. guy on that team. Uh why would you pick well, I mean I know she's like she's not from up there, but she like moved up there and all that jazz, but like did she that she yeah. actually lives in St. Paul? Yeah, somewhere in where? the Twin Cities. I mean, why? maybe she moved out since then, but like that's where she like came up. Um, I don't know. Minnesota always talks about having a big music scene, and they sort of do. I just don't really care. For, flout- for flautists? Perhaps? <laughs> for, yeah. Wow, are you a jazz flautist? This <laughs> is the to place Minnesota, to be. This is the place. There's nothing else to do here. Who, ne- who would have thought she would have reached the big time, you know? Yeah. Don't name drop the Minnesota Vikings. No one cares about them. That's right. Yeah. Name that- Also, name drop your player, because if you're dating like a backup lineman, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's right if you're dating kirk cousins congratulations he's making too much money to be bad but um all right another army quote this time uh rutherford says army had an interesting response when asked about the boys next captain quote it's something i want to deal with craig on it's something i thought about when petrangelo left what is the role of a captain and is the role of a captain in sport anymore? I don't know if there is. This man also just isn't speaking English. <laughs> Me don't know what good captain be. Army continued. I think you'd have such a group dynamic in everything these guys deal with. I don't know if you need a C or if you need multiple A's to pull a team together. I also think that if you're a leader, you don't need a C. You're going to do that with your actions. So it is a one man. Is it a? It is a one. Is it a one man job anymore? My inner circle is ex players, and I've got to tap into those guys on what they think we need to do. I also got to go to my rolodex of guys that I've got a ton of respect for that are recently retired: Barrett Jackman, David Backus. I haven't decided if the Blues will have a captain, but I'm saying that there's a, certainly a possibility there couldn't be. I guarantee we won't be announcing one in the next few months. This sounds like a couple of things. One thing it sounds like is that he wants uh, Ryan O'Reilly to come back, and that's just the answer there. Mm. And another thing it sounds like is that classic uh, Austin Matthews thing where he'd like Ryan, uh, Robert Thomas to be the captain, mm. but he doesn't know if Robert Thomas is mature enough, so he's making him earn it. What it doesn't, what it sure as hell doesn't sound like is what everybody thinks is like, just give Braden Shin the seat, which, by right. the way, wouldn't make any sense when a team is actively rebuilding to give it to an old guy that's part of the like former core you know um but anyway what do you take away from all that junk all that junk inside Doug Armstrong's trunk I like how I name drop Barrett Jackman David Backus as if that's like right. 
I would think that as if I would think he didn't know them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you were their I know GM. These guys. I'm sure you contact yeah. them. Bear Jackman still lives here. I've seen him at Lambert. Like have you? He's he's in my Rolodex. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99% sure. Uh-huh. Was it this last time you were there? No. Okay. I would have had to have been at the gate. They don't let they don't let people without the booster go to the gate. That's true. That's true. Um my brain bump broke. Yes. So <laughs> the captain, they I I I don't really care. Like make it Braden Shen, don't make it Braden Shen. I guess I sort of feel the same way where I'm like, sure, make it four assistants. I don't really give a shit. Um make it Jordan Bennington. What do I care? Yeah. Although it also feels like... He's the like, only one that cares. I'm always told he's the only one that oh, yeah. cares. So. He's the only one. He shows it by throwing shit at people. Don't you know you care if you throw shit? Um, right. It does kind of have the air of like, we're like, we're not in a full rebuild. We're retooling. Maybe we make the playoffs next year. We're going to... Our Armstrong said at some point in this press conference that he expects us to be better next year. And like at least make the playoffs and he's like and then if we make the playoffs we can make some noise in the playoffs sort of thing it's like okay cool but this move or this talk of like no captain the noise will be saying ow repeatedly as the oilers or uh avalanche kick the shit out of us (laughs) we made some noise jordan bennington made some noise again um but i just this feels like a move of like a rebuilding team though where it's like you know what everyone's too young you know mm. so we don't want a captain right now um uh, or maybe i also wonder if he's trading just, for alex petrangelo maybe that's what's it i wonder if he just doesn't think there are really any like definitive leaders on this team um yeah i mean I, I think that's definitely part of what he's getting at yeah i i don't know if it's in these quotes at all maybe it's not but they oh i'm sure there are more you can pull more if you find oh them. yeah well i just remember what i read i'm pretty sure he talks about like how this team what he was disappointed with was like they didn't really practice hard and so then they like so then the games looked bad and then when they practiced mm-hmm. like no one really held anyone else like accountable to I don't know, perform a certain way. And that just like bled into the games and into the season. And it just became like a snowball. But then I think he also was like, and none of these players could really like stop that snowball. And I don't blame them sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like it sounds like you do blame them. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I'm like, dude, if you want to, that's fine. I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. Like just say it then. But like the, I can definitely see that. I don't know if it was, like they weren't good when O'Reilly was here either, right? But like I don't know if it's O'Reilly being gone or like Perron's also gone, and you just lose some of that. I mean, Bozak is also a player that's like a veteran that was here last year and isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a locker room guy. I just feel like there's been enough smoke around there being kind of a weird divide between probably your vets like Shen and Falk and Krug and maybe in Bennington to an extent, and then guys like Kairu and Thomas um, mm. and things and things like that. I mean, we saw Torchenko even sort of like calling out players, right, when they were like sucking ass right after the deadline. And he was like, we just got to play, you know, we just got to, you can't sulk and stuff. And so there's definitely a lack of accountability or just a lack of maybe like just cohesion 
in that locker room, I think for sure. And I think that's also where you get a lot of these weird quotes from is because Mm -hmm. in a weird way, I don't know that they like to admit that as a GM and maybe you don't want to talk about that because you're not really in the room a lot, but I feel like that's like a big problem with this team. And it's also like a nebulous problem that doesn't have numbers. So they can't really be like, here's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to make the power play better. We're going to get a third line center. You know, that's just like, yeah, these guys kind of just are kind of meh in there (laughs) and we gotta, we gotta make sure they're not so meh anymore. Um, Yeah. Because I don't know, it just that's that's the vibe I got from like this whole thing was like there's something going on, but you can't really tell me what it is. But you're definitely alluding to like, eh, don't quote me, but <laughs> there's things I can't go to the store and just get rid of this cancer. I gotta, you know, I gotta can't buy people off the shelf. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tell me the brain shen's a problem. <laughs> Go ahead. God, that'd be sick if he was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of covering for him, you know? I'm done. (laughs) Pull the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, I feel like this team really throughout Armstrong's tenure has had that kind of personality issue. And it we kind of forget about it because it feels like it went away during the, during the cup run. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just never, we've never seemed to be that team that really like was super cohesive. And, you Mm -hmm. know, we saw a ton of pictures of the guys out at dinner, like with the Bruins immaculate vibes this year, you know, like on top of Mm -hmm. just being, which we should, you know, make note that they are now the, winningest and highest points having her ist or ist team of all time i believe um but um you know they just seem like a team that's having a lot of fun and i think to be that on point and that successful you kind of have to be both like you can't just be the slave driver all the time you know and and whether it's because we've had guys like baruby and hitchcock who you know, I don't know, Baruby and Hitchcock are not the same coach, obviously, but, you know, had that somewhere very serious, very expect a lot out of you kind of mentality or because the players have just never meshed, whatever reason, like, uh, it seems like that's always been a problem. Now, the good news, I guess, is that there's no one here anymore from the teams of five, six, seven, eight years ago, except mm-hmm. For Robert Portis. <laughs> so maybe he's the problem. Get but assuming that he's not, um, you know, maybe that will alleviate a little bit. But it, um, it does feel like there's been an issue since like Bacchus left. Mm-hmm. Like prior to that, it was very much like they don't like Ken Hitchcock, but the team it was the team doesn't uh-huh. like Ken Hitchcock, and it was like, yeah. okay, you never heard like people being like, I love Ken and you're fucking wrong, David. It was mm-hmm. like, no, that's everyone's together. And then, yeah, since that point, it's always been like, well, well, I think Steen wanted to be captain, but they gave it to Petrangelo. And then that whole shit that we forget where it's like, is it like Steen's captain? There's like a Steen team and there's like a Petrangelo team. And then they won the cup. And of course, that's one of those things where like, if you're just winning and you're winning rounds, no one's like, you know, I should really be the captain. No one gives a shit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> You just win the cup then, which is great. But yeah, and then that just kind of, you lose those guys. You don't have 
as much veteran leadership. I don't even think you necessarily, I'm not someone that always thinks you need that sort of thing, but you do need some sort of like, I don't know, someone that's getting everyone to pull in the same direction. Even if it's a group of people, I think that's to the point of like, yeah, sure. You don't need a captain, but mm-hmm. maybe, but you need, if you have four or five assistants, you need all those guys to be like on the same page already and then getting everyone else on the same page. But if you already have, you can't name those four or five guys or they're fractured, then it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, that's not, that's not going to solve itself. And I'm sure some of this is just losing, right? When you lose, it's always like there's problems in the locker room. And when you're winning, there's like, there's no problems, you know, Mm -hmm. but I agree. It does feel like this has always been a revolving issue. We just always come back to there being like, Hey, some of these people think that, there are just rumors. It's like, oh, they think Cairo's earning too much money already, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, mm. eh, lame. I don't know. You're basic. You're... <laughs> that's that's the best way to describe it. Um, we'll see. Yeah, that just, that does make it interesting though, because I definitely, even if I didn't think Braden Shen should be the captain, I definitely was like, well, that's what's going to happen. So we'll, yeah. you know, we'll just see it happen. The fact that they're like, mm, not so much is like, okay, that's an interesting wrinkle. Mm-hmm. That or he plans to go out and get Patrice Bergeron this summer, and Patrice <laughs> Bergeron will be auto captain wherever he goes. So that's true. He's the captain of the NHL. Oh, captain, my captain. Patrice, here's a 19 million dollar contract to come teach Robert Thomas how to be you in one season. <laughs> Please and thank you. Um, all right, next quote: Armstrong. It's going to start in training camp. We have to have a high competitive camp, highly competitive camp. There has to be a standard that we set in camp. It's also our practice habits. There were too many practices where we would not shoot enough. We would miss the net. We would overpass it. The next drill would go on and the same thing would happen. And the next night we'd go 14 to 15 minutes with no shots on net. And we're going, geez, how did that happen? Uh, That kind of speaks to the quote that you were talking about a little bit. There was more to that, but I didn't find the screenshot. So let me see if I can find it. Yeah, he had some other quote too where he was basically like my favorite time is like the 15 minutes i drive home because it's like the best time for me and he's like and when we're losing that's when i get calls from agents about like my player needs to play more blah 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 and he's like and then i don't enjoy those 15 minutes and he's like i'd like to get back to enjoying those 15 minutes and i'm like you're such a weird dude doug like yeah what what's with all the oh, that whole quote about the 15 minutes yeah. was so wild i didn't even like understand i know i'm like what's happening i'm like he's like my favorite time is when people don't call me essentially because that means we're doing well but when i'm not when we're not doing well i get calls and i don't like getting calls pretty much yeah yeah like okay doug armstrong's a texter yeah exactly here's the rest of that quote or our defensive zone coverage we practice it and there would be no competitive nature to our practice in front of the net we would give up scoring opportunities in practice and it was just acceptance and that bled into our season i believe our training camp and our practice habits are going to be indicative of how we play each and every night work has to be thought of as enjoyable not a punishment i felt that this was the first year our group felt work was punishment wow pretty strong words from Son of a bitch, Doug. <laughs> um, and then here's a wild quote. He says, I had to spend the summer, Craig and I, I had to spend the summer talking to professional people that know what these players go through, what makes them tick. Because what makes me tick is what my dad used to do, which was cuff me upside the head and kick me in the ass. And he really didn't care what I thought about it. That's not working anymore. 
as Doug Armstrong unfolds his childhood trauma Looking in front wild. of the media. Oh my God. What a quote. I like how he says that's not working anymore because in my head I think so. You've tried that? Is that yeah, what you've tried? Like, that's exactly. Exactly. Have you hit these players? Is that is that your thing? Whoa, whoa. I, I cannot confirm nor deny if I've smacked Jordan Kyra up the side of the head. That's right. Uh, um all right. So there's a couple of quotes from players that I threw in here. Falk said, I'm not a believer in stuff is just on ice. There's more that needed to happen. I think our group let some stuff slip, let our habits slip, how we carry ourselves day to day. We need to be grown men in here. Be mature. Show up. Do your work. The points were a reflection of our inconsistencies as professionals a little bit this year. You can get it back up to that level that we were last year, but you need to carry yourself day to day as a group and have that foundation. Inconsistencies put us in that position. And Shin said, I think from the very beginning, we probably didn't come together as a team. I think it boils down a little bit to guys worrying about themselves too much realistically that's what kind of happens when you do that and worry about yourself and your individual play you're not worried as a team as much and that's not a culture you want to have guys worrying about themselves and that's that's what they said Ian mm. any uh, final thoughts I'm just always like okay I'm assuming this is Kairu Thomas young players this is kind of what I'm talking about I feel like there's definitely like a divide between like the vets and the youngins and the young and the vets can't can't get to the youngins. They can't crack crack open that head and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And same with like kind of like Armstrong said with the coaching staff, which I think is kind of interesting because Baruby is supposed to be or is touted as being good with like young players. And he did seem very like frustrated this year, very like kind of at a loss sometimes after losses about like what he needed to do there were definitely mm-hmm. some press conferences where he's like i don't know like you gotta have to talk to them like i don't know sort of thing and it's like mm-hmm. i do wonder about that where it's like do we just have players where yeah i don't know they're they're gen z at this point or whatever it's like what do you need to do to get young players motivated or or maybe playing as a team because the hard part is when you bring this stuff up right is that Kairos scores a lot Bushnevich uh-huh. scores a lot thomas scores like they do well on the score sheet they do have lapses for sure like defensively or just games where they just don't look all that engaged that's where they could fix up some stuff but it's not like they need to teach them how to like play the game of hockey or be a better player it's like they are very good it's more just like consistency i suppose um i just wonder if that's the where the coaching comes in where it's like the the two new coaches like we were talking about earlier like are these going to have to be guys that are going to be like 23 year old whispers you know sort of thing where it's like hey you know i can get to these guys i can i can be rick tockett to phil kessel i can get the young guys going sort of thing because it just doesn't seem like anything worked this year from coaching to the gm to veterans and like a lot of this is just me kind of like throwing darts out of board because like I don't know that it's Cairo and Thomas and all them but you can just kind of figure because those are the those are the people you see when you're watching the game that are incon- they're more inconsistent and frustrate fans and stuff so I can only assume that they're frustrating to to their you know counterparts in the locker room so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting because I think Armstrong has quotes too where he talks about like oh we're not going to get dismantled the core and he like pretty much names every player you've heard of <laughs> that's not a fourth liner um mm-hmm. 
And it's like, yeah, I don't think they're going to get rid of Thomas or Cairo or something like that. But then at the same time, they can't get rid of these vets on these long contracts. So it's sort of, I think they are stuck in this weird middle ground of like, how do we make this team gel now? Because the problem seems to be they didn't gel mm-hmm. from from game one to game 82. Yeah. Yeah. And this summer will be about answering that question, which I don't know how to do because I'm not inside. But <laughs> they are, so we'll figure that out. That puts a wrap on the Blues regular season. We will not talk about them again until July 1st. <laughs> Ever again. Um, yeah, the draft is def- it's interesting. The draft this year for the Blues is way more interesting than, say, free agency. Like, maybe they do some some stuff free agency day. I'm not, mm-hmm. like, holding my breath or anything, but there's definitely some fun stuff they could do with the draft, both picking people or trading folks. So it is kind of flipped. I'm normally draft is like fun, but it's not really fun. Like from a blues perspective, I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're picking some players, but you know, I just want to see if Carolina trades somebody to Vegas or some BS, Mm -hmm. but this time I'm like, Oh, blues action. You'll be on June 25th and July 1st. Just kind of be like a a wet fart maybe. (laughs) Um, Or maybe not stay tuned. Doug Armstrong says stay tuned. Is it July 1st this year, by the way? I think so. I think they're back schedule we're back we're back. Baby. <laughs> we back baby excellent uh black friday the bloodletting in the nhl after the season um oh, yeah. i know i don't have every firing here in front of me i know some of the big ones were the pittsburgh penguins gutting their entire front office um getting rid of ron hextall and brian burke and some other guy uh thoughts on pittsburgh after 16 years of playoff hockey that they missed crazy. by like half a point and fire everyone on the planet. Your thoughts? <laughs> it is funny that they just needed to beat like Chicago Columbus and then or Columbus Ch- yeah. or Chicago. I think if they beat either one, they would have been. Yeah. Or maybe they had to be both, but like you should be able to be both. Yeah. And the best part doable. was that those wins also made Columbus and Chicago fall behind Anaheim in the final yeah. <laughs> tally for Connor Bedard. So yeah, the, the worst games ever for everybody, um, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's very interesting that this is the first time that Ovechkin and Crosby aren't in the playoffs since like 2005 mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, it's been a long time. I definitely thought the Penguins missed recently for some reason, probably because they just got booted in the first round a bunch they don't of stay, times. They don't stay babies forever, idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, I just can't believe it's been 16 seasons. Also, they got like all the games that are Crosby and Malkin this year. I don't think either of them missed a game. And a, and this is the season they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, but, and they were both fires. So it really is like the rest of the team really let, you know. I think on 32 thoughts, they, they nailed it. Like what you're saying, it's basically like for the first time ever, pretty much. They didn't have it, that Roy Donk. Yeah, they don't have Roy Donk. Where's Roy Donk? Yeah, well, they don't have like Crosby and Malkin and Latang can't carry this dumpster yeah. of a team into the playoffs. Like they are very good, but for the first time ever, it's like no one else around them was good, and they're older now. It's just mm-hmm. that's just the way it is, and it's like, oh shit, we gotta have like other players. <laughs> like we can't, <laughs> we can't just have these three. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do because like 
they have this is new ownership at the beginning of the season that they had and they're gonna have a new Fuck gm owners, by the way screw fsg go to hell and yeah <laughs> but i was like they it's possible that was more about uh liverpool than it was about the Pittsburgh penguins but i digress you know, that's okay you know let your fandom run free let it leave i'm angry <laughs> i've had enough of these people anyway pull the plug um, I'm done. <laughs> that, that quote for some reason has been in my head like all week <laughs> of course because uh, it's the end of the season but yeah it'll be interesting maybe they rebuild like they could that's a new there'll be a new gm it's new ownership like mm-hmm. they just doubled down on all their old players but now it's new people at the head and maybe they go hey what do you think about trading Crosby to like jumpstart this or whatever? Uh, will it happen? Probably not, but I don't know. Jonathan Taves ain't going to be on the Blackhawks next year. Patrick Kane's sure. gone. So like, as they, as everyone loves to say, when they go, do you think blah, blah, blah could be traded? Well, Wayne Gretzky was traded. So anyone can be traded. That's true. Literally anyone could be traded. And Nathan McKinnon and, uh, Sidney Crosby have yet to play together. In the that would be cool so. if they were on the abs together. Like, I wouldn't like it, you know, for our division, but like, it'd be cool. It would slap, though. It would be so sick. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Jonathan Taves being done with the uh, fucking Blackhawks? <laughs> good. Uh, good for Kyle Davidson to like really tear that shit down and just be honest and open back yeah so we're just not going to resign you like no more yeah. no we don't have to sit through three months of 32 thoughts where they're like i heard someone say he is going to sign i heard someone uh, say he's going to sit out a season and i heard someone say that he hates the blackhawks now and just all this crap where eventually he just resigns again and you're like whoop-de-doo so at least we know he's not going to be there next year um one I'm of the sure... most interesting men in hockey oh yeah way. of course jeff smerrick's wet dream I don't know. I guess maybe he could retire. Like if he was, if he thinks he's banged up enough, he goes like, yeah, fuck it. I've won three cups, just F it. But I'm sure he'll go somewhere. He definitely feels like a Jerome McGinley where he might be like on three different teams over the next three years and then just be like, ah, I'm too old for yeah. this crap. He feels like that Corey Perry type where it's like, oh, I'm going to bounce from contender to contender. This oh, year yeah, I'm going to yeah. be in Dallas or whatever, you know. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Imagine well, him and old ass Joe Pavelski signing extensions with Dallas this year. Joe Pavelski, the best old player currently, I think. Uh, oh yeah, he's friggin' insane. Can they can they even really talk about like veterans who deserve the cup and put someone above Joe Pavelski this year? No, Am I like missing geez. somebody? Like that's the guy, right? That's uh, your... I mean, you could talk about like Brett Burns, maybe. Oh yeah, I guess. Uh Marchi Ardano, but no, I really think it's I think it's Pavelski. I mean, he got a thousand points this year. He's played a long time. Like he's not one of those people that's like quick to a thousand and he's like 28 yeah. or something. But like I, I I have nothing against him other than the fact that he's very underrated. Um, the most underrated. Oh my god, as he's so underrated. Mr. Underrated. <laughs> as underrated as it gets. People orgasm when he uh when he tips the puck. He tipped the puck for a goal the other day, and they're like, there it is. There it is. As we all know, as we all know, his underrated skill, tip hand-eye coordination. Everyone knows about <laughs> it, yet it's underrated. Um, who else got fired? Laviolette Peter got Laviolette? fired. Yeah. 
Um, that's fine. That that's fine. Dallas Aikens, I believe. Oh, poor Dallas. He didn't get fired. I think his contract was yeah. just up. Poor Dallas Aikens. He's like, I did what you fucking wanted. <laughs> we got first overall pick. Like, we've got the best odds. I'm like, yeah, that's great, Dallas. And when when Connor Bedard's on this team, we don't want you coaching him. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I was like, oh, for Dallas. Maybe that he'll come here. I, you know what? I can see him. They said he was good with kids. Oh, young kid coach. Oh, there it is. There's mm-hmm. your answer. Is he a former blue? I know we love former blues, and he probably I don't know. Is. Probably. There's been probably. so many. Or we so, get so Dal- or we get Dallas Drake. Yeah, get all the Dallases. Pat Maroon. <laughs> Pat Maroon retires and coaches our players. How about that? No, no, <laughs> no. Just a vacant expression the whole time he's back there. You hey, guys are you even are... watching the game. <laughs> you guys are fucked. Uh, <laughs> I love Pat Maroon, but that man, the faces that he makes do not belie <laughs> a great deal of intelligence. <laughs> oh, he definitely breathes through his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, 100%. I'm a hometown hero, baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Oakville is finest. <laughs> uh all right so moving on uh anyone else fired that matters do we care about anything <sighs> anybody retired else. justin braun retired who cares i mean good for him but someone no. else got fired no i don't remember uh i'm not seeing anything interesting on nhl.com um, I believe it. That's fine. NHL.ca. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's the end of a, a weird season. I'm pretty excited for these playoffs, though. If you type NHL.ca, you get non Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, you know, <laughs> is it LHN.ca? Probably. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> um, What's Hodgkin's and- lymphoma? What's non Hodgkin's? Hodgkin's lymphoma is like regular lymphoma, but with you know more Hodgkin's. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Uh, I'm getting that. I'm getting that for sure now. That's right. <laughs> we all are, you know. So anyway, um, and we want to do this for these playoff matchups. We want to. Oh, talk yeah. about, have you heard about this? Have you seen about this? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. How do I share my screen? I've got things to share. You got to share your, you got to hit share your screen and then share it. That's oh, there it is. It's the green one. I don't know why I was literally looking past the green <laughs> one. Like, not that one, obviously. Obviously, not that. Um, I didn't ask for that. Is this what we get for Christmas? Is our gifts? I love these two. That's <laughs> drinking. Fantastic. You made these? Oh, yeah. You made this whole thing. Wow, beautiful. Excellent. How'd you, put, one how'd you put together the matchups? Um, they were on a thing. They were already a graphic. I just like, oh, stole wow. them. Okay. Very cool. I love it. They're cropped. Are um, we talking about them in the order that we're talking about these? Oh yeah. What a crop of matchups. What a crop. What a crop. Yeah, that's right. They don't stay babies forever, idiot. So so for, for folks that you know can't watch the podcast, which is all of you, um, they we've made a tier list for these eight different uh, series round one matchups. 
uh, they are they're five tiers they are all pokemon uh attack result tiers they are super effective which would be your s tier critical hit would be a effective is b not very effective as c and no effect would be probably your f just a, just a real shithole of a of a matchup um there's some fun ones i would like to start with not a boring one because there i was going to start with a boring one but that'd be terrible so let's start with the new jersey devils and the new york rangers steven your thoughts this let me look at these options real quick uh yeah this is probably the one i'm looking forward to most it's about as good as it gets it's an actual natural rivalry you know people justifiably give the nhl a lot of shit for their playoff system Mm -hmm. but this is what they were going for were these divisional rivalries seven game series two young hungry teams that have a lot to prove the the rangers you know got deep last year but they didn't they weren't able to finish that's what she said and (laughs) um they uh you know have not had as good a season this year as they did last year the devil's shocking everyone you know in the in the come up this year um i think a lot of people thought you know they'd be better they might even be playoff contenders but i don't think anybody thought they were like division contenders you know did they win the division did they end up winning no the the, the uh hurricanes won the metro okay um but so this is the two three matchup then yeah but they're the two right so the devils yeah are they are they get the home um, ice. so yeah i mean you got you got lots of stars you got our former um beloved uh blues player and nico mikola you've got a lot of great uh You've got a lot of great uh, personalities here. Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes. I Wait, just, just sorry, just because I was whatever. You you just dropped Nico Mikola. That's yeah, the one you dropped. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When sure. you didn't laugh, though, I just moved on very quickly because I was <laughs> like, well, it didn't hit. Well, fucking it didn't died. land. I better <laughs> give up on life. Um, but yeah, I mean, Luke, Luke Hughes got the call up, right? So they're going to be, um, I don't I assume he'll be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, they've got the market like cornered on Hughes's. A lot. That's well, almost, almost. They've got, they've got one more to complete, complete the infinity gauntlet, and they will get it. They will. I guarantee you, he will definitely sign there eventually. Um, but no, just a lot to like here, and I think my only fear with this series is that it uh, ends up being a uh, the uh, Devils get goalied. And it just ends up being a series where they deserve to win, but don't. And that would be a bummer. But I would say if we're going to have a super effective, I hate to start with super effective, but I think that's where I have to put this. I don't, what could you want that this series doesn't offer, you know? Right. It's, it's two fairly evenly matched teams. I was looking at their regular season stuff and like power play percentage, the Rangers were seventh the new jersey devils were 13th but then pk new jersey devils were fourth and the rangers were were they at 13th so it's like you've got new jersey that's maybe a little more sound defensively which is kind of crazy to say um Mm -hmm. and maybe has the the lesser of the firepower if they're all hitting i guess but like this is the first time for luke hughes 
or Luke Hughes, of course, this is the first time for Jack Hughes in the playoffs, which is yeah. really cool. Had a breakout season. Um, they've got the the bell of the ball at the trade deadline and Timo Meyer on that team. Uh, who's their goalie now? Vanacek. Yeah. He said he had a really good season for them. Like, I think he's actually wild. actually wild that that happened. Yeah. Right. They, what's, what was their save percentage? They were do New Jersey Devils. They were like 10th. It looks like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. 10th. So, like, that's not bad. Um, that's actually, or that's the Rangers. Devils were 13th, but like, they're close enough together. And then they were both top 10 in like goal scoring. So it should be like a pretty fun high scoring series. But like you said, Shesterkin is a little bit of an X factor in terms of like, I like Vanacek, but Shesterkin, you just have seen him shut down games before. Uh Um, So maybe that, maybe that's something that happens. Like you said, maybe they get goalied. I, this is definitely one that I was going to say is super effective. It's probably the one out of the Eastern conference that I'm most excited for, for sure. Um, because I think it could definitely go to seven and I like the Rangers a lot. I'll always root for the Rangers, but in this case, even with the devils, if they beat the Rangers, I'm not entirely upset about that either. Cause that's just a fun quote unquote new team in the playoffs. I think they had like the biggest turnaround of like any team in the last 10 years or something points wise, they'll go from like 60 or whatever to like over a mm-hmm. hundred. Um, Lindy Ruff turned it around. Lindy Ruff was having chance of that he needed to be fired <laughs> earlier in the season, uh, like three games Very, in. The the how quickly they jumped to that is also hilarious. I mean, especially with the benefit of hindsight, but like mm-hmm. that was so early, and then like a week later they were like, "We're sorry, Lindy," or whatever, you know. <laughs> we're sorry, Lindy. Yeah, you that's know. right. Um, oh God. Who do you who do you pick out of this? Who do you, I think we're, we'll put them in super effective. I agree with that. But who do you pick in the series, though? I do think I don't necessarily want this, but I do tend to think that the um, well, I mean, I, I I like them as well, so I don't want to sh- crap on them. But I do tend to think that the Rangers walk away with the victory here um, because they've been there before. That's the main reason. Yeah. Um, act like you've been somewhere before. Well, they are and they have. So um uh that to me is probably what I would expect, but I wouldn't say I would say in I would say in six games the Rangers win, but I certainly don't feel like that's a guarantee. That's just my that's just my vibe, you know. I'll I agree with Rangers. I'll say Rangers in seven. Um like I said, like you said, I think they definitely just have more experience. And I think if they're all, if you've got Patrick Kane scoring, you've got Vladimir Tarasenko scoring, and you have Mika Zibanejad scoring, you have our time. Like if all those guys are just on fire, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't know that any team can like handle that. That's not guaranteeing it will happen, but I mean, Tarasenko, we know Patrick Kane's a playoff performer. We know Tarasenko is a playoff performer. Those are their two big gets. It's like, that's, they were already looking good the previous years without those guys. So it's going to be scary if they can turn it on in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if New Jersey and some of their younger players can, can step up and have really good showings. Like I'd love to see Jack Hughes just perform great in the playoffs even if they're out in six or seven games just to prove that he can do it um have like a real coming out season if you will um 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this is definitely super effective. Ian, are you prepared to say, are you prepared for when Vladimir Tarasenko mm-hmm. wins a Stanley Cup with the Rangers and immediately says, yes, this one means more than my first one? <laughs> uh, I am prepared. I don't think, I don't think he's... I don't think he has enough English to say that. He does have enough English, but he'll pretend oh, he'll he doesn't. Oh, he'll learn the English. He'll, he'll sound <laughs> he'll, great. He'll stare straight down the barrel of Doug Armstrong's soul and say, Doug, with no accent, Doug, <laughs> <laughs> this one means more. And drop the mic and then throw the Stanley Cup at Nick. And that'll be that. You know, yeah, so. he's gonna try. He's gonna try and like take a key and scrape off the part that has all the Blues names on it. He's like, fuck <laughs> that team, piece of shit. Just exactly. me and my Russian boys. This is just me and my boys. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely um, a super effective. Moving on to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the uh, New York Islanders. Why don't you give me this take? Your take on this one? I think this this went to boring real quick, unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah. Oh yeah, this is no effect. It has no effect on me whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to agree. This is the one that I'm not gonna watch a minute of. <laughs> I, I if it's on, uh, cool. But the minute any other game starts, I'm like okay, bye. Three um, four years ago, I was really into the Hurricanes, and I'm so over it now. Be better or be nothing. Yes, a hundred percent. Stop being. Oh, we're going to take that step this year. And you never do. And you know why? It's because you don't get a goaltender. And when you do get a goaltender, you sell them up the river. <laughs> uh, I forgot they had a uh, Nadalkovich. Yeah. Well, and they also had that guy, Kortrichkov or whoever, that they sold this year, didn't they? He had like 30 oh, great true. games there. And then I'm pretty sure they sold him at the deadline. Uh, yeah. Or something. Um, oh, anyway. I believe you. I was going to say this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just I'm with kinda, you on Carolina, ahead, though. No, I was saying I'm with you on Carolina. That's shit or get off the pot. Yeah, I'm over the I'm over the Hurricanes definitely, and the Islanders are just kind of like there. They're just they're only Ilya Sorokin. They're literally that's all that they are. That's their whole identity. And so, like, how am I supposed to care about this game, this season? I think I honestly think Carolina will win this in like five games. Like, I don't think it's going to be very competitive. I don't think the Islanders are any friggin' good, but I also just don't care to watch any part of those five games, you know? So yeah, that's where I'm at. Maybe it's overly negative. Maybe this is that surprise series that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of tension, a lot of heat, hatred, and they pick it up at the end, but um, that's how I, that's my vibe. How do you feel? Do you feel the same way? And we've already kind of covered that, but yeah, I mean, New York Islanders are just a boring team. Like I, I like them as a franchise and the jerseys are cool. And like, I, I root for them. Like, I think I, I like Barzal. I like Horvat. Um, mm-hmm. But like, they're, they're not an offensively gifted team. They're 22nd this year and goals four per game compared to like Carolina, who's not even that much higher. They're 15th. I think the big takeaway is like Carolina's power penalty kill is like second in the league this year. And so, and let's see, where was it? New, New York Islanders top 10 as well. They're in nine. I think both of their power plays are actually like not very good, which is somewhat surprising for Carolina 20th. Um, are the Islanders better than them? Because if they are, that's going to be redonk. Um, why can't I find New York Islanders? 
It's somewhere. Hold on. This is going to drive me bananas. Their power play is, I can't type the word Islanders. Islanders. 30th. Neat. That's why I can find it. The person was that low. This is going to be a, this is going to be lots of like 2-1 games, 3-2 games, which 3-2 games are are 2-1 games in the regular season. 3-2 playoff mm-hmm. games aren't, aren't that great. Um, I would definitely take Carolina. I'd say, I'll say Carolina in six because... You can't just keep picking one more game than... I'm so, that's what I'm going to do. That's, you know, I'm really good at uh, Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> 401. But yeah, this is probably, this is contender for worst series of all time. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, moving on to Boston, Florida. God, I want Florida to win this so bad. It would just oh, be so funny. Oh my God. I don't think they will, but God, it would, it would just, <laughs> Oh, just a chef's guess of an experience. Um, I have a friend who's a big Panthers fan as well down here. So, you know, pulling for her team, but like, um, I do think this series will be a little more competitive than than maybe the the standings would illustrate. I think Florida's a lot better than the worst team in the wild card race. Um, and uh, the Bruins, you know, they had the they had the regular season, but as we learned from um, the Lightning a couple of years ago, there's a big reset when the playoffs start and. That momentum doesn't necessarily carry over. I'm not saying they're going to fall on their face and I'm not saying they're going to, you know, get swept by the blue jackets or whatever stupid heinous thing uh, that the lightning did. But, um, you know, I I don't think uh, there's a reason they play the playoffs. And while everybody's saying like Boston, you know, Boston uh, Edmonton cup final. um, It'll become sick. That would be sick, but they've got to play the games and figure that out, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. I think Boston wins this series. I think it takes them six, and I would say I would probably just put this in effective. Like, I think it'll be fun, but I don't think it'll probably be fun enough to, to like, get me excited to watch it a ton, other than that I'll be watching it with a friend. I agree. I agree with that. I was surprised to see that the goals for pregame that Boston's second. I mean, that's not surprising, but Florida is actually third. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Kachuk. Oh, yeah, their me, goalie just fucking sucks. And that's yeah. quite the situation for them. Well, that's what I mean. I was going to say, Florida had Matthew Kachuk have, like, the quietest, like, 100-point season maybe ever. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> like, you over 100 points on this brand-new team you're on? Uh, is it quieter than Elias Patterson's 100-point season this year, though? Oh, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> as like the quietest or Braden point having uh, over 50 goals. I'm like, or, say what a- now? or Adrian Kempe having 40 goals. <laughs> like there's some like head scratching things. I'm like, what? I guess this is why this team's good. I just didn't really know why, like why Let's they were doing at, so well. I want to look at this real quick. Cause there were 11 actually. And let's do this. There were 11 yeah. players with a hundred points or more this season. Can you name them? Oh boy um give me just a minute i'm gonna get well you go ahead and i'll just write them down as you do okay connor mcdavid yeah leon dreisaitl yeah nathan mckinnon yeah uh wait yep okay 
I should name the ones that we already know. Elias Pettersson. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Matthew Kachuk. Uh huh. How many is that? That is five. There's eleven. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Let's see. Eric Carlson. Yep. Oh, what's his name? Jason Robertson. Uh, yep, that is correct. Oh. Mitch Marner. That is wrong. He had ninety nine. <laughs> Marner. Uh, what a loser! Marner and Jack Hughes both had ninety nine points. Losers. Oh boy. <laughs> You idiots. Oh, um, pasta. Yep. Pasta's one. Yep. Two of the remaining, you have you have uh, three left. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I would expect you to get like their league stars and you should mm-hmm. probably get them. The third one is not. <laughs> I mean, you should, you may, you've probably heard at some point that this guy had a third, a hundred point season this year, but it is wild. Um, stars. Kucherov. That's correct. Oh baby. <laughs> Let's see. Try and think of all of, like we named everyone in the Oilers. Maybe they had some players that got a lot of points though in the Oilers. But a hundred points. That they did. But a hundred points. Um, Calgary sucked ass. Vancouver had Elias, Elias Pedersen. San Jose had Carlson. Then surprisingly, had Anaheim had nobody. Dallas is probably just Robertson. Nashville sucked. <laughs> Chicago sucked. We sucked. Um, oh. I had to think back to the, the fantasy draft. Um, Miko Rantanen. That is correct. Oh, just one. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh boy. <laughs> someone, someone liked that on the podcast, and most people did not. Um, is it one more? Yeah. And this is the person I'm like not going to remember. Uh, you have already suggested that there is no one left on his team that can oh. get points. Oh, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. I'm gonna. Oh no, it's two people. Is it Nuge? It is. It is Ryan Nugent. <laughs> Good, you stopped me before I said or Zach. <laughs> I was right. Oh boy, no way. Is this like a, this got to be his like first hundred point season? Uh, RNH, yeah, definitely. yeah. Ten years later, probably twelve that's years right. later, or right. whatever. Former first overall pick finally comes good. Ian, that's crazy. There were this is fucking stupid. There were. Hold on, that's. There were twenty players with forty or more goals this season. Do you want to try? I mean, you're repeating almost all the names you just got. So actually, let me just give you those and you can try the rest. How's that sound? Okay. 
So McDavid, Pasternak, Rontanen, Dreisaitl, uh, Robertson, mm-hmm. McKinnon. Kachuk had 100, right? So Kachuk. Mm-hmm. There are now 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players that had over 40 goals. One of them you've already named. I'll give you that. That's a great point. Okay. 11 players left. Ian, if you get all 11 of these players, I will buy you a car. Whatever <laughs> car you want, I will buy it for you. 11. Man, I'm going to remember like people that I said didn't say. Um, okay, not 100 points, but 40 or more goals. Now it can be on bad A couple of these are layups. A couple of these are layups. Okay. You said Adrian Kempe. So Adrian One of Kempe. them can probably dunk. Yeah. Adrian Kempe. That's correct. Um, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews had exactly 40 goals. Yes. Okay. Alex Ovechkin. Correct. I'm just thinking of all the goal scorers. That's right. He had uh, 42. Mr. Guaranteed to slow down eventually. Alex Ovechkin had 42 goals in 73 games. Um, Oh, oh, (laughs) uh, Tage Thompson. That's correct. Very tall, very scory. Tage Thompson is correct. Let's see. Did Jack Hughes have 40? He did, yes. What he did have, have? In fact, um, 43. Oh, because I, I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast. I know William Nylander hit 40. That's correct. He did just barely, but he did. I think I only have like one more in me. And it's still Aaron, a question mark. Ian, there are two of these. Oh, I'll never get that. You cannot get like I. <laughs> I have made these people up. You cannot get this. <laughs> it um, feels that way. The only other one I can think of, and I don't even know if he did do it, is Kaprizov. Kaprizov did do it. He had forty. Uh, how many? Had, how many are left? Excuse me. He had no. He did have forty. You have one, two, three, four that are left. Four names that are left. Man, I can't even think of players anymore. Uh, let me look at the, these. Not none of these you should get. I'm gonna just give. I'm gonna mercy kill you. Okay, here. Okay. Let me go quick though. So not. Okay. So no. I'm thinking of some. Not Bo Horvat. No Bo Horvat. No. No Bo Horvat. Wow. What about an Elias Patterson at 100 points, but not right. 40 goals. Not wow. 40 goals. Um. Those are like the only ones I can think of. If I gave you the teams, you might not be able to get some of these. (laughs) Every here's a here's a here's a here's a fun hand. Every one of these playoff players is on a playoff team. Of those remaining four. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. All right. Here's who they are. Ian Mark Shifley. Yeah, I wouldn't have that. 42 goals this season. Ian Timo Meyer. Had four oh, between okay. N- NJ and SJ. Ian representing the Seattle Kraken, oh, Jared no. McCann had 40 goals this season. 40 goals, 30 assists, and 79 games. Didn't that guy get traded like three times? 
Oh yeah. Man, that's so nuts. How can you get traded that many times and then be like <laughs> 27 or something and get like 40 goals? Wow. He, he's the William Carlson of this. You know, I, I guess so. <laughs> and yeah, I would never got that. Finally, in representing the Florida Panthers, I could give you a year and a half to guess, <gasps> and you would never realize that Carter Verhage had 42 goals. But I, I, I would have never, I would have never gotten that, but I but I texted you that like Did a you? week ago. I was like, Carter Verhage has 40 goals. I'm like, what? I would have, I would have never remembered that though. Holy it shit. honestly slaps. It is so dope that you can have a 40 goal season again. And that can be absolutely. Oh yeah. Just irrelevant, you know? Yeah. You're like, we, you're number 19 on a list. <laughs> there were like 50 or more or 30 goal scorers. Uh, Elias Patterson, these are 39. Patterson, Zabanajad, Stutzla, Andre Kuzminko. Mm. I don't even know oh. who that is. Oh, yeah, it's uh, a Vancouver guy. 38 goals, Bo Horvat, so he was right outside. RNH has 37. Chesterfield's own Clayton Keller had 37 and 86 points, a point per game player. Rupe Hintz had 37. Jordan Kyrie, of course, had 37. Mm. Zach Hyman, 36. John Tavares, 36. Alex Tuck, 36. Brock Nelson, 36. <laughs> Jake Gunsel, Sebastian Ajo, Chris Kreider had 36 goals. At 35, Brady Kachuk, Jeff Skinner, Claude Giroux, quietly wow. an almost point-per-game season. season. Th- 34, you had Stamkos to Foley, Crosby and Jamie Venn at 33, JT Miller at 32, Dylan Larkin at 32, Jesper Brad at 32, and then at 31, Kyle Connor, Nico Heischer, Dylan Cousins, Sam Reinhart, and Matthew Boldy. Absolutely absurd. Holy cow. I did remember they said something like this is the highest scoring season since like 94 or something like that, which is yeah. crazy. And, and I'm glad. I'm glad that we have people like McDavid with, I think he just had what, 64 or something. I mean, but uh-huh. still, that's like you had back to back 60 goal seasons. Um, not him, but like in, in the league from Austin Matthews and McDavid, and then Pasternak had 60 as well so it's like that's crazy that's crazy that you had one one season and the next season you had two mm-hmm. um I, I i'm really happy about that like i also heard that there were a lot of um i forget what the number was but there's like an absurd amount of like comeback games this year too i mean not you you we saw them it happened to us um but there were a lot of them mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely absurd season um I'm trying to look look at his career. Where the fuck are his career stats? Yeah, also, Connor McDavid says on here is rostered in 99.9% of fantasy hockey leagues on ESPN. What's the other 1%? Yeah, I was like, what? Is there just a no McDavid league? I mean, those oh, there's gotta be. got started but never drafted or something, but still. Do you realize, Ian, oh, my God, I, this is what I was looking up. This is what I wanted to know. Do you realize that in the unlikely event, Ian, that Connor McDavid repeats his performance from this season, next season, he will finish next season with over 1,000 points in the NHL? No. Yes, he's at 850. He had 153 this year. So, I mean, like, it's two se- It's sometime in the middle of the season after next, if it's not next year, but... He, probably not in the middle probably early he will have gotten a thousand points when and this is like another generational player when Sidney crosby just got 1500 yeah holy I mean, shit yeah. 
Connor McDavid, we're we're still like I guess you can't even really put it into words, but we're still sleeping on how good I know <laughs> like it's still not talked about enough. Like yeah, I get it's the sport and it's the league and all that stuff, but like part of me is sort of like what I don't know. I don't pay as close enough attention to like other sports, but I'm like, what sort of freak is like this far ahead? Like there's so many great goal scorers, yeah. so many great players, and he's still like that much further ahead than like everybody else. And it's just like what like what other sport has someone where it's just like this is insane yeah i mean this is lebron numbers yeah it's ridiculous and this is just another level this is also one of those things where we talk about all of gretzky's unbreakable records and and i think they're probably unbreakable but Mm -hmm. this dude's 26 he's still doing this this could be that thing of like you know for the next seven or eight years we're all saying Oh, well, Gretzky's records are unbreakable while McDavid's quietly putting up 120, 130, 140 points a year, you know, and then like you see him and he's like 500 points away and he's only 34 or whatever. Like, I don't think that's going to happen because the points and assist records are still just so preposterously high, but it's just he's unreal. He's unbelievable how good this guy is. I um I can't believe that he does this season over season. I also can't believe that what year was it? Mid teens, early 20 teens that mm-hmm. um, Jamie Ben was the Art Ross winner with like 87 points or something, oh, yeah. whatever it was. Uh-huh. And now you have a dude that's like doubled. <laughs> Jamie Ben once won the Art Ross trophy, um, but fortunately, just like Jamie Ben, the total number of points hasn't gone down since then. So, you know. <laughs> Again, we'll never die. <laughs> this is your fault, Jamie. You said this. <laughs> Why would you say this? Um, they they had a bit on Bucks uh, who uh, got me so good, where they were talking about those jokes, and uh, um. They, Ryan was talking about how he was sick of him and uh, down goes Brown was talking about how he's juvenile and they never get old, they never get old with him and he said in fact I think they're just getting better and there was a pause and then Sean said so if you're saying that these if I'm saying that these jokes are going up in my estimation what are they doing in yours <laughs> <laughs> it got me pretty good <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, back to the matchups, <laughs> unless Side you have tracked. anything else you'd like to say. Sorry about that 20 minute diversion, but I think it was worth it. It we was should talk about the crazy season that was. That's true. Um, and we we focus a lot on this crap team of ours, so there was other fun stuff going on. Watch the playoffs. Do, we should do when we do these year end review podcasts, we should do a segment that's like this is the same season that and talk about things that happened in like the first two months of the season that were crazy you know oh true yeah like this is the same season that america that an e-bug won the stanley cup or whatever (laughs) but anyway uh toronto and tampa where would you put it in even though it's just the same old matchup as last year although i think tampa had like home ice or whatever um I'm going to put it in critical hit because of hate watching the Leafs oh, <laughs> lose. Yeah. Um, I will also say there's not, there's no analysis for this game. I think Tampa will win. I, my gut says that, that the Leafs will win. 
they probably should win. This is probably the year that they should win and move on. And mm-hmm. until they do it, I I won't do it. I'm not going to pick them until they do it. Like, sorry, I'll be wrong. If you move on, I'll be wrong. I'll eat that. But like, mm-hmm. until you've done it, I don't believe in you. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's pretty I'd say. I'd say I'll still make it seven because I do think the Leafs are pretty good. Um, I'll say, yeah, Leafs or Leafs, Lightning and, and seven. I know it literally can't happen, but if the Lightning just swept the series, I would die. I would die of joy. It would be be fires lit up there for sure. I would be just so deeply fulfilled, just on a spiritual sort of level. Um, I think I can't. I I agree. I agree that Tampa will, that Toronto may win and probably should win. I also can't pick them, and I'm gonna say Tampa in seven as well. Um, it is. It's. I mean, this is this is a great matchup. This is two teams that could mm-hmm. be in a conference final that are playing in a first round matchup. It's the hate watching that both makes it like better and worse for me because I feel like uh, I just so don't want to see Toronto <laughs> succeed, which feels mm-hmm. terrible. But it's true that like if they do, then it'll ruin it for me, you know. But in any case, I still think it's a critical hit. I think that's a good call. Uh, what's our next matchup? Uh, the Colorado Avalanche versus the Seattle Kraken in their first uh, venture into the NHL playoffs. I would say that this is not very effective, much like the Seattle Kraken will be <laughs> against the Colorado Avalanche. I actually think um, I think there's definitely a road here to where the Kraken could be a bigger threat than most people realize or, or give them credit for. Um but I just don't know if they can do enough, even without Landis Cog, uh, to slow the avalanche down. They, they would, you know, there's that narrative of like, well, maybe Grubauer in a fit of rage at the avalanche for letting him go, you know, goalies them and keeps them mm. out of the second round. But Grubauer has been so bad for two years that like, I can't even believe in that narrative, you know, That's I true. want to, it's a fun narrative. I want to believe it. Let me believe it, but they won't because he's bad, you know? So like, <laughs> I just think uh, uh, I think it's probably going to be the Avalanche winning in like five games. All right, in five. I. Oh, are you my... tracking? Are you tracking our little yeah. predictions oh, over yeah, there, Mister Mister Mathman? Yeah. So if you read that, then you'll see that I think I got to pick one upset, and I think this is it. <laughs> I think this oh, is, I think... he did it. I think Seattle is going to be a surprise in the playoffs. I think they're going to they're going to come together as a, a slap together team. You know, I mean, they're slapped together last year, and now they're slapped together with duct tape. Um, and they're they're down Landis Cog or like the Colorado Avalanche are down Landis Cog. They're down their captain. They they're obviously more than capable without him. But part of me just thinks that the ragtag Seattle Kraken are going to like give it to the Avalanche, and um, I'll still say Seattle. And God, I can't imagine them winning. I'm going to say Seattle in six because if it goes to seven, they lose. <laughs> like, that's my <laughs> that's my feeling. Um, I Sorry. I can certainly see this not being the case. This is uh-huh. definitely not probably what's going to happen. But like of all of these, I think this is like the fun upset and I think it'd be kind of interesting or just like a neat little narrative, especially for 
both teams. It's like, well, the Avalanche got booted in the first round, and that's, you know, they're the Stanley Cup uh, favorites. They're the defending champions. And then you have Seattle being like, oh, this is our first time ever in the playoffs, and now we're into the second round. Um, mm-hmm. If I did a bracket, I don't think they'd get any further than that for sure. Um, but I don't know. Something in me says even if Colorado does win, I think it's going to be closer than people think. Um I don't know. That's that's my gut feeling. So now that you are making this prediction, mm-hmm. and now that you know that um Jared McCann is a 20 is a 40 goal scorer for the Kraken. That's right. Are you gonna put your money where your mouth is and pick him in the playoff pool? No, never. Why would I do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought about it. I honestly was looking at their team. I was like, who on there could perform well? And I'm like, maybe I'll pick Vince Dunn as my my bench defenseman. Uh, uh, maybe that's as far as I'll go. Hours. <laughs> okay. Predictable. Go on. What do you what do you think about this next one? What do you think about the Midwestern matchup? The the former Minnesota team versus the current Minnesota team, the Dallas Stars versus the Minnesota Wild. I uh, this may be this may be over the line. I may be going too far. I would probably make this my other super effective. I'm very at least critical hit. You can talk me down from super effective, but I'm very much looking forward to this game. They're both. Um, Ian has talked me down to critical. <laughs> That's where I've put him. Without my consent. Um, they're both good young, youngish teams. They've got, you know, they're defensively solid, but they're good enough that I think they're going to be fairly exciting. Um, there should be a rivalry there because, like you said, one team left the other city forever and still owns the North Star rights, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's just because I did draft Carol Kaprizov, and so I I need the Wild to win. But I feel like it's going to be pretty competitive. Um, I don't think the Wild will win. I think the Stars will win um, in seven games. But I do think it's going to be a really good series. This is another one, though, much like um, the other the other one I tried to put in super effective that you actually let me put in super effective. Um, I do feel like there's a risk that uh, the wild just get goalied by Ottinger. And I don't even know Ian who the wild's goalie is anymore. Is it Mark Andre Fleury or do I just need to go to sleep? (laughs) Um, Okay. So, you know, he's good and, but he's old. And so there's some old guys you would like to see win a cup probably on both sides there's um ryan Suter, for example isn't oh no he's on the he's on the he's team. on the other team he used, he used to be on the wild oh um, there's there's some there's a rivalry there's intrigue um but yeah i mean i just think it'll be a fun i think it's two really good teams fighting for the right to um, Party. i wouldn't that's right and um i'm looking forward to it so tell me why you put it in critical hit why you <laughs> why you insist on demeaning and demolishing no, I definitely think this is going to be the closest series maybe in the West. Um, I'm definitely a lot more interested in it than I thought I was going to be initially when it was like announced when the Avalanche had jumped over Dallas and Dallas was second seed playing Minnesota now. Like, I think it's a very intriguing matchup. I do think like 
uh, I mean, I guess Minnesota is sort of young, like you said, but Dallas with um, Robertson in the playoffs uh, will be a lot of fun. I think Ottinger between the pipes against Flurry is going to be a really cool duel between those two. It's, I don't know. I just think they're two really well-rounded teams that are going to fight to seven games. Like it just feels like it. I just can't imagine one of these teams pushing the other one um, down quicker than that, I guess. But then again, Mm -hmm. I think my only thing is it's a Minnesota sports team and Minnesota sports teams disappoint always. So (laughs) part of me is like, ah, they lose in five or whatever. Um, I mean, I I guess I thought the Blues Wild Series last year was going to be really close and it kind of was. And then the Wilds petered out. Um, But as Dean Evanson says, he thinks that his team this year could beat his team from last year um or maybe that was garen one of them too um i don't know like i guess i guess everything i've said doesn't necessarily sound like i'm jumping out of my seat for this series but i do think it's probably the most intriguing one and also because it's a central time zone i feel like this is the one i'm gonna watch the most (laughs) or see the most um and yeah i don't know i'm just really excited for it i think dallas this could be I know they've been to the Stanley Cup final in the last like couple of years here too, but I think this could be a real coming out party for some of their younger players. Um, they'll be interesting. I, I'm going to say Dallas and seven too, just because I feel like Dallas, I don't know. I don't, I think the Minnesota curse of being kind of disappointing in the playoffs is still there. And I feel like if Dallas is on going at full speed, I think they still outskill a, a Minnesota team. So Dallas and seven, I could definitely see Minnesota winning it too. Um, but it'll be a fun one. A not so fun one personally for me is the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Winnipeg Jets. This is kind of like a weird, like Winnipeg is going to play the Coyotes. Oh, we missed. It's the, it's the, the Golden Knights. We went a little mm-hmm. too far, too far, too far North. Um, and I just feel like Vegas is going to run over the Jets. Like the Jets backed into the playoffs. Like the Jets, Cal- Calgary the Jets won the West Conference of teams that didn't want to be in the playoffs. Yeah. They oh, didn't, yeah. they wanted to avoid being in the playoffs the least. So they got that playoff spot. But yeah, I'm if, personally putting them, I don't know. Not they're either not very effective or no effect. I think I would put them in no effect. No effect. This, okay. This is gonna fucking suck. It's gonna absolutely suck. People are gonna be <laughs> slobbing all over Vegas. Yeah. Um, when they just it's like a it's like a joke matchup. It's like a it's honestly like a TC Tuck from TC Tuggers. Oh you but know, that's not a joke, about it. Though. Well, that's true. You're right. It's like a snuggie, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, those those are what you make a joke. Yeah, yeah. Not TC Tuggers. <laughs> but uh this is gonna be a beatdown. They don't come in other styles and <laughs> I mean, literally, I, literally, the only case you could even make for the Jets is the only case that the Jets have, which is Connor Hellebuck. And mm-hmm. it's possible that he does something spectacular um, because he does that a lot. And um, he certainly could here, but that's all they've got. And uh, I don't think I don't even like I don't even think Vegas is a serious contender this year, but I think they're still going to wipe the absolute floor with uh with Winnipeg here because Winnipeg is uh, real bad. So mm. that's my thoughts. Is Mark Stone back? 
No, or is he, he is, hurt? I think he, he's supposed to miss the playoffs. Or no, oh, wait, okay. he did come back. He did maybe come back. I don't I'm know. Confused. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Getting either. him confused with so many other people, but he said he was. What was this February? He was went on long term injury reserve for his back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe I was getting confused. I mean, they can still be good without him, but um, yeah, I just I, this is this is one of those. What do you what do you call him, Steve? What do you call him in uh, in wrestling? What is this? This is a squash match. Squash match. Yeah, this is just like the. I think when you said slob in Vegas is not for sure. This is going to be like, oh wow, man, they're really good. They're just plowing through the Jets, and it's like, yeah, well, the Jets suck. <laughs> That guy was sent out there to lose <laughs> on purpose. Um, yeah, they they straight up backed of the playoffs. Calgary did not want it more than the Jets did not want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nashville actually sort of did want it, but they were too far away. So yeah. the Jets are, are your sacrificial lamb um, with the eighth seed. So, yeah, like you said, I'm not even that won over by Vegas this year. Like they uh, they won the West. They're a good team, but for something, something about them, just like, eh, I don't really care. Um, But one that I do care about, and I'll put this in, for me, I'd put this in critical hit. I like Oilers, LA. Rematch of last season in the first round. LA took the Oilers to game seven. You thought, oh, shit, here we go. And the Oilers managed to win. And honestly, as much as... McDavid scored this year and Dreisel and all of them. I mean, they did well last year too. I don't know. LA could beat them. Like LA is like a, the team. I they fixed their only problem they had really this whole season, which is goaltending. They have Corpusalo. Um, I guess that's it. Do they have anyone? <laughs> they have any other goaltenders? Corpusalo gets hurt. They don't have fucked. Jonathan Quick anymore. They yeah, Jonathan. Who do they have? They have. Um, well, no. Uh, they had. Uh, uh, Peterson. Yeah, but he sucks. But I want the Phoenix Sacramento Con- Kings stats. Come on. <laughs> oh, but people love the Sacramento Kings now. Uh, <laughs> Do they? Yeah, everybody does because they made the playoffs for the first time in a billion years. Oh, um, okay. I've seen so many people in St. Louis, Missouri, in Sacramento Kings shit in the last two days. It's insane. That's bizarre. It's very um, weird. I mean, it's like five people, but it was like what? That's five people too many, though. The goalie who has started the most games for the Los Angeles Kings this year is Phoenix Copley, which is wild. Um, They have him and Corpusello and maybe Cal Peterson. Okay. But, like, I don't know. LA is defensively sound enough outside of their goaltending earlier in the season that, like, I can see them. And they have proven um, in previous, you know, just last year that, they can shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. Now, again, maybe Dreisaitl is functioning the entire, uh, has functioning ankles or whatever. I forget when he got hurt with that last season, but like, it's going to be hard. It's a very, very tall order, um, but I think it's possible with LA. And I, I, to me, this is the late game that I will watch compared to any of the other late games or West Coast games. Like, okay, if this is on, I will watch uh the Oilers, I suppose, play anybody really just because of how fun they are to watch. But it'll be interesting. I like that this is like a weird rivalry, <laughs> that this is like a rematch. Um, 
I'm excited for it. I'll put it in critical hit. It's definitely, these are definitely the thing where it's like, I'm going to watch New Jersey and the Rangers or Dallas and Minnesota. And then when it's late, I'm watching Oilers LA. Yeah, I dig that vibe. I think I agree with critical hit. A lot has been made of the Kings uh, record down the stretch. They were 17, seven and three uh, from February 16th on. Very good, very impressive. Good for eight in the NHL. The only problem is the Edmonton Oilers were 24 and three in the same stretch. So um, the Oilers are so good. I believe that they could be Stanley Cup champions, which I am loathe to say because I don't want a Canadian team to do that. Although nice. I do kind of want Connor McDavid to do it. Um, there's nothing holding them back, but that isn't to erase all your points about the Kings being the team that challenged them last year and may do so again this year and, uh, you know, has given them trouble and is a very good team in their own right with a lot that they want to prove as well. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close, closer series than some predict. I do think the Oilers will win it. Um, as I assume you do as well. Did you say mm-hmm. what you've thought? Uh, I'm going to say Oilers and six, despite um, everything I said about LA, I think Oilers and six. Yeah. And I would probably echo that. Um, it should be a really good, good series though. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. This definitely. is this is the sort of um, series where, as people, as pundits love to say, when it's a series that ends in like five games or it's six games and like the last two games were like blowouts or something, they'll mm-hmm. be like, you know, despite what the series score was, this was a lot, this was way closer than you would imagine than the score sheet said. I love when they say that and it's like a freaking sweep. And it's like, yeah, well, every game was one goal. It's like, yeah, the other team couldn't win any one goal games. They couldn't win four one goal games in a row. So I guess they suck. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, I say Vegas. Vegas is the sweep. Vegas and four. Oh, yeah. that I can believe that for sure. Okay. And that's it, baby. That's, that's, the, that's the first round uh, ranked. I'm, I think this is true. There are definitely some really good series. There are some really just bone dry series too um but yeah i I don't know i'm excited i love this i love the playoffs bone dry (laughs) um the records of teams since march 1st is always revelatory and this is very interesting Mm. since march 1st do you know who has the best record in the nhl um the I'll just say Boston Bruins just to be. They are second. Number one is the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. who in 21 games went 18, 2, and 1. What? <laughs> the Bruins went 18, 4, and 0 in the same Holy stretch. fuck. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Vegas Golden Knights went 16, 3, and 3. The Dallas Stars went 16, 5, and 1. The Colorado Avalanche went 16, 5, and 2. And the Los Angeles Kings went 13, 5, and 2. And then you've got the Wild 12, 4, and 5. The Canucks ripped 14, 6, and 2. You idiots. <laughs> you fucking idiots. It was all right there. But this team can't pe- rebuild for shit. Um, they were even worse than us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there were some teams. Some of the best teams are entering the playoffs red hot. Uh, which is always cool to see. Um, 
And uh, man, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. I'm, I I told you before the podcast, I'm talking right now, like I'm going to watch a lot of hockey. And I know that I probably will be full of crap a little bit, but I want to, like, I intend to watch mm-hmm. a lot of these series because they should be fun. They should be really good hockey. They should be a ton of fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to many of these series. It um, is it is a little bit easier come later rounds and there's just less games. So you can actually yeah. be like, I'm going to watch this game. And also just the fact that we have like a soccer team here now in, in St. Louis and baseball starting up. So it's it can be hard in the first round when it's like, you want to watch all these series? And it's like, yeah, but I'm going to do like a bunch of other stuff too. <laughs> um, but I do always love like the very first, like game one. I love tuning into like the very first game on the schedule, which unfortunately is Carolina Islanders, but like just to get like the atmosphere and everything because like playoff hockey atmosphere is so fun. I do think that's the one thing I'll say about like the Blues is like as much as I rooted for them to lose this year because obviously we weren't going to do anything uh, like make the playoffs. It is it is sad to see them not in the playoffs. Like I don't want to see them get in and just get their ass kicked just to say we made it. But like at the same time, I do enjoy the energy around that stuff uh, a lot and so yeah it's it's nice to like find a series or find a team to root for just kind of get like invested and like follow one um yeah so do that blues fans you know get out there get out there and watch hockey get out there who is your team that you're most invested in is it just uh, the rangers because you're a cuck for the Rangers? <laughs> i don't know what that because means. you're a fucking cuck um man do i have a team like i would root for the kraken but they're not gonna let nothing's gonna happen um so of like teams that like are legit uh i guess i'm kind of like i'm with you where it's like i don't want the oilers to win because i don't want canada to win a, a cup but at the same time i don't know i'm kind of like just like do it go ahead and do it already let's see it let's see a Conor mcdavid lift the cup Let's get that out of the way so we can stop. We don't have to do something in three or four years where That's some fucker is going to write true. the article yeah. and be like, is he really actually good? And it's like, let's yeah. just, let's, I kind of, in a weird way, I'm like, get that out of the way. So like the, the fucking, um, I don't know, the, the Canucks can win or like I'm trying, or Buffalo yeah. can win. I'm trying to go some fun team to win. It's like, let's get the, the Oilers out of the way. So we don't have to think about this anymore. Um, but I do, I mean, their team's a lot of fun. It would be so much fun to see them in the finals. Um, mm-hmm. Other than them. Yeah. I guess I like the Rangers a lot and in the, I guess that's East and West really. And then, you know what? I don't like Minnesota, but like, like, I always hate Minnesota sports teams just because I don't know because I'm an asshole probably. But like, mm-hmm. um, I do, I would kind of like the Wild to go far. That'd be kind of fun. But we'll see. Yeah, I feel I feel that I like those picks. I don't think they're going to do it, but I, I also like the Panthers. You know, mm, yeah. Uh, please just will. know please just know like light like even if boston's in the final whatever they're very very good like mm-hmm. what, what am i gonna do like no be like that's fine yeah. um i i don't want the avalanche back there because i'm just kind of like I, I don't like repeats mm-hmm. unless it's us like i just don't want to repeat and then to the same extent <laughs> i really for like the love of god don't be please more than more than anything, honestly, more than anything, more than even Toronto being in the final. Please, I don't need Tampa again. Let's not do that. Let's not go. Yeah. Let's not go there. 
please don't give me four straight years of fucking Tampa Bay in the <laughs> final. I don't need that. I don't need everyone sucking dick and being like, wow, I just can't believe it. They didn't look good this year. And then they, they just turn it on. They know how. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. If it's, <laughs> if it's Tampa versus Boston, St. Louis fans, and like the next oh, round, yeah. Boston, a thousand percent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to watch them just. What if it, what if it's Tampa them. versus Florida, though? Florida pulls out the massive upset. Oh, Florida Tampa all the pulls way. Out yeah. The, but yeah, no, but I'm not saying rooting for them. Oh, yeah. Think how fun that series was. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be sick. Please. Oh, yeah. Please, like, what year it was the year we won the cup that all the like um first seeds in their division lost like give me more of that give me some mm-hmm. give me some wackadoo shit <laughs> doug armstrong says give me that wacky shit oh yeah he was on that way <laughs> <That's right. laughs> doug are you all right doug <laughs> look a little eyes look a little red doug oh boy shut up jim <laughs> oh shout I out never... to jim thomas shout out to jim thomas retiring That's right. That's um right after the season he's still like tweeting stuff and writing about the blues and like dude aren't you done it's just like Stop. i just like it i just miss the commute camaraderie <laughs> oh people get i'm like uh i'm like a raisin brand box baby people bring me scoops i can't stand <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh. Oh, that was so raisin, raisin Brand is new as <laughs> new cereal to jim <laughs> that's, that's like right. a brand new that's, cereal that's exciting it's like you oh, mean they raisins. put stuff they put stuff in with the cornflakes. Yeah. Uh, Raisins, a little too sweet for my taste. <laughs> uh, I do want to say I I um I don't say this to name drop because it's not honestly you know with all due respect that impressive. <laughs> but uh, I did meet Jim Thomas a couple of times at Traverse City, which uh, the Blues are not going to anymore. Sad, um, but. Uh, he is just the nicest guy just so friendly treated treated me and my friend garrett like uh like we were old friends you know remembered us from one year to the next and sat down and talked to us basically a whole game and just talked about the team and what he was seeing and just uh, a really cool guy and you know one of those guys that's man i mean there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of the old newspaper men around anymore you yeah, know right? so kind of an institution that's uh I don't want to say dying out the man's just retiring but just you know um, he's a dinosaur <laughs> I man's like 40 years younger than Tom Timmerman but still you know retiring which is understandable but yeah no just a shout out he will never hear this of course but a very nice guy very nice man and I hope he has a wonderful retirement and, and thoroughly enjoys it because it's well deserved for sure Anything else you want to touch on? I don't, I don't have any Jim Thomas stories, so you know, mad props. Yeah, that's right. Because you're a coward. You never that's went right. up to Traverse City. I'm scared of old can't. people. Now you can. I'm geriophobic. Well, you can't just go to the city, which you should, because it's a beautiful place. But you know, no more hockey. Well, there will still be hockey, so you can still go. It just won't be blues <laughs> hockey. Blue, you know what? Yeah, Nothing's right. keeping you. You can be a very big Columbus Blue Jackets fan. Yeah, that's right. I can Trey, root for all their prospects. I can root for Connor Bedard. Trey Fix Wolanski. Oh man, can you imagine if Connor Bedard next season? They probably won't even send him to the tournament. They'll just be like, nope, sorry, he's too good for you. Yeah, Vegan, and then we're not letting him get <laughs> fucking hurt in this shit show. Yeah, that's right. Have you seen the ice here? Terrible. 
You fucking idiots. Although Capo Caco was there the year he was drafted. I think that was the highest pick that I ever saw there. You go, he's better than all of you. Mm. Oh, he he was though. He skated an, abs- an entire circle. They went to overtime. He skated the entire circle around the ice twice and then scored. And it was beautiful. And I thought he was going to be a golden god. And now he kind of sucks, you know. So no, not as good. All right, Stephen, real quick. Should I get Brent Burns or should I get Dougie Hamilton? Is it? Well, you should get that phone call. Probably. Uh, is, it your, is it your pick? It is. Is this after my Kaprizov pick? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I got to get out of it. I guess I got to stop telling you my things. See no, 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 no. I don't want either of those guys because I already have my defenseman. Um, I would probably go, man, I'd go Brett Burns because I feel like that's a sure thing second rounder. But it's a little scary. Yeah. Dougie, oh, Dougie's good. Is Adam Fox gone? Adam Fox he's, is gone. He's now. gone. McCarr is gone. He took McCarr. Headman right. Fox. I'd go one of those two. Or yeah. um, maybe. Uh, or Drew Downey. Uh, Just kidding. That's right. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, though, maybe. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick whichever one you don't pick and say you fucking idiot. You're Maybe you should right do Darnell Nurse, you moron. That's right. Fucking dingus. <laughs> dingus is a word that doesn't get used enough these days. It's a great word. That's true. All right, we've had our fun. We've had a long podcast, folks. I don't know wow. how long it's been, but it's been long. Well, I mean, I was in Japan for so long. We had to do a that's long right, one. That's right. You were all the way in a Japan, Japan, Japan place. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. We've talked too much. Folks, we've gone we've gone over the cliff. It's 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 teetering out of control. Uh, Ian, you seen that Super Mario Brothers movie yet? I haven't. I need to. I've heard great things. We should go see that in our collective cities. That we I'll bring my computer. That's right. Excellent. All right, folks, that's an episode. Enjoy the playoff hockey. St. Louis City also 5-1 defeat of uh, Cincinnati, near and dear to my heart. Hope everyone stayed safe in the storms yesterday. Um, A shout out to uh, the panes of glass at the Baldwin Point because you were the real ones, you know, put your ones in the sky. That's right. You think when the the panes shattered, you think someone thought Stone Cold was coming? Probably. Da, 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 da. Anyway, oh, uh, uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful night. We got to kill this thing before it goes any more off the rails. Goodbye. See ya.